0: Okay, everybody, hello and welcome to the Airsoft podcast with the Headless Chicken Squad. I am the Don. This is episode two. I did say to you last week that we would be bringing to you the very best of the Airsoft world. We would be bringing to you uh, people that were worth talking to um, and also covering the topics that you wanted to discuss. And this week I have started at this off and been delighted to be joined by the one and only the infamous and quite possibly... Uh, the most revered airsoft on the planet, Mr. James Bailey, kicking Mustang.
1: Hello, James, and thank you for joining me. Hey, nice one, mate. Um, yeah, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me on to your uh, second second episode of your podcast, so thank you.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, thank you for your kind words on uh, the first episode as well. And um, obviously, a little bit of background. Obviously, we've interacted a little bit on Instagram, and obviously, I missed out, obviously, meeting you in person on Sunday. But, uh, the feedback I had from our team on Sunday and not only our team from a buyer's point of view, the Yorkshire Seals and, and Fujin and that were on site as well. Um, just had nothing but uh, praise for you and, and stuff like that. And again, um, just the kids, cool. honestly, the kids have a, have, a, have a smile on their face, which is ultimately what Airsoft is all about. And um, what, what we turn up on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday to do is put a smile on everybody's faces and, Forget our working lives. So, uh, thank you. I found for It that.
1: That was a good day, mate. You missed you missed a good one. Unfortunately, it was a really good day. Um, yeah, it's happened. Uh, Two things. Good crowd. I've,
0: I've missed. Um, I've missed three of the last four, which is uh, quite disappointing for me. To be thank fair, you. we had a, we had a puppy, um, which was ripping the house apart a couple of weeks ago, and then obviously uh, a work
1: issue uh, this week. Yeah. Um, how, often, but, how often do you normally play yourself?
0: Um, I'm out usually every other week. Um, depending on where mm-hmm. we're going and where we're at with work, sometimes there's a little bit of a pattern where I miss. Uh, us as a team are out in some shape or form every week. We have a, a rotor of sites that slightly changes, but we tend to focus all around like the Midlands and the Northwest, uh, Coventry, that sort of way. Phoenix is right on the periphery of what we would consider to be on the on the roster, uh, but we have added that in now um, as our sort of team grows out that more sort of East Midlands way. Cool. Um, well, hopefully, how about I'll see anything. Are, some...
1: are you are you out oh, every week, week or weekly. is it just yeah, most most weeks? I play. I, <laughs> I would say, I'm, actually, I'm probably three out of four. I'll, I'll probably say I have one week on weekend off a month, but I, I try to play every weekend. Um, it depends what's going on. Like, for example, if I have a really big weekend with travelling, like just last month, I went to Puerto Rico, so um, that sort of knocked me out for the week coming back. And um, yeah, a lot depends on. Uh, what else I'm doing. I try to do it three three times a month.
0: Yeah, fair, fair play to you. I have to say... I you love it, mate. It's hard not uh...
1: to, it? when you love When you love something, it's hard not to do it, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. My lady said, because um, obviously this interview was um, put together right at the very last minute and she was like, there is no way you didn't know about this yesterday or the day before. And she's like, Airsoft is getting out of hand. You want to be out every weekend. And, but, you know, the guy's are always on the phone. And I just said, like, this is what I love doing. It's the passion that, obviously i enjoy doing um just just embraces what, what
1: would she rather you doing going out to the pub on a friday night and getting hammered and then being hung over on a saturday and chatting to your mates about football all sunday or would she rather you getting out on a sunday getting fit having something that keeps you out of trouble and keeps you uh, mentally and physically stimulated and on point like for me airsoft's the ultimate hobby and you Know if you've got a partner, they should be supporting it. I think yeah,
0: she doesn't like that. I think it's uh, it's one of those things where I think it's a tongue in cheek thing where you know, if, you, if you're if you away too much, they uh, don't know what they're doing when she's uh, off doing photo shoots and stuff for you there everywhere in Venice, and I have to look after the dogs and stuff like that. You don't complain, you it's, just, yeah. it's just it's just part and isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, and obviously, you mentioned Puerto Rico, um, one of the topics that uh, I hastily put down on here was. Um, one of the things that I've spotted when watching your content is just how much of a jammy bastard you are. Even some of the most amazing places and you know, Puerto Rico is one uh, that I've seen. Um, there's that place in uh, south of France. Is it south of France? The yeah, uh, the old barracks and stuff. I've seen Bear's that. But, yeah,
1: best bear heads. Head, yeah. yeah.
0: so, but what's your what's your favourite out of all of them? What what's the favourite location? Not necessarily for the best airsoft site, but kind of the experience that. That you've kind of taken on board is that the whole thing rather than just the actual airsoft itself
1: the thing the airsoft it doesn't matter where you're playing if the people are, are low quality like if the player base is not good people who are intensely into the game it's you're not going to have fun um you could be you you could have in the same way, you can have good players, but if the place is not run well, and you've got marshals who are poor, or they don't have run good games, or the rule set is weak, or um, so it, it's got to be a combination of all three. So, you, mm-hmm. for me, the best builds have got to have it's got to be it's got to be something that's that's got to have it's got to have a sense of history, or it's got to it's got to feel haunted. You know, you got to feel mm-hmm. like for me, I've got to look around and think there's been something really evocative about where i'm playing now so, so that's one box to tick but then that's not enough so then i've got to have a, a group of players who have the same ethos as me which is i i'm i am a competitive person and i play hard and i i do want to win the game and i want people to play like that against me so they've got to be and they've, they've got to like shooting each other and they've got to like being shot and they've got to embrace that sense of you know what what airsoft for me should be about which is enjoying getting bashed and having little nicks and cuts on you from being being here it adds to the experience and then you've also got to have the the people who run it from who the people who run it the organizers have got to be enthusiastic they've probably got to be players themselves not necessarily but they've almost certainly got to be players themselves and puerto rico where i just got back from it just ticked every single one of those boxes and the organizers were playing the game the organizers were playing the roles of characters they were um, they were up for the whole 24 hours th- for, for the event and they were whenever there was a lull in the action they would be out um, organizing set pieces or or um, inventing an idea or they would not invent they would have set piece ideas they had pre-prepared whether it was kidnaps or whether it was um, uh, d- drug busts or whether it was ex- um, exchanges of something and there was three teams so two exchanges would be two teams of exchanging and they would perhaps tell another team that an exchange was happening so they would create action all the time throughout the night and there was a point when me and Alphonse were we were up we we found a space on top of a building to sleep um at about two three o'clock in the morning like we were like eight stories up on top of this silo and it was like it was hot, and it's the, the only 24-hour game I've played where you didn't need any sleeping equipment. You could just lay down and sleep, and it was so warm. And then we were, we were, like, sleeping, and every hour or so, there was intense gunfights constantly. And from up there, you could see the flashlights coming on and the action, and the player base was so enthusiastic from the top down, and it had this amazing field, and it was... Yeah, so you've just got to tick all those boxes. So to answer your question... Probably the best place I've ever played That is is the, the Puerto Rico, that that, fa- that fabric. But having said that, I think places like the abandoned hospital in Johannesburg is just when you're playing there, it's like, wow, this is just in like that actually is an airsoft game here. Um, in Rio de Janeiro, That there's 200 acres of abandoned city with like a really relaxed rule set. And the rules are just like very simple. If you're hit, take your hit get mediced or go back to respawn um and there's no there's, there's no um finicky rules about you, you've got to throw grenades certain ways there's no finicky rules about um oh someone's three fps over the limit therefore they've got to go home they can't use that gun like if someone's a little bit over they're like they're really relaxed about it and that's what i like about the rules just because a gun is 353 fps and then I see owners of fields sending people home when they can't use their gun. For me, that's it's just too much. Like, um so Brazil was amazing in that regard. It was really chilled out, and and France as well. Like when you're playing in France, the the player people travel from all over Europe to go and play at the Bear's Head, and you get an atmosphere of people who are there to really seriously play S off. So all of these places you see in my videos. Um, I don't think I've ever had a, a bad experience traveling to these places because the player base is there to travel to these amazing places to play and they've got huge enthusiasm to be there and to be shot and to shoot each other uh, and that, that is what I want to get from an airsoft field and I get that at Phoenix Like Phoenix is my regular place I like the way it's run I like the way the organizers are, are relaxed if, somebody, if, you go, if you turn up at Phoenix and perhaps you're one or two FPS over the limit they're not going to go sorry you can't use the gun they're going to, okay, you're a couple of FPS over, you know, just just be aware. You know, don't do it. Don't go full-watering someone point blank. Um, <laughs> so that that I, I prefer to have that kind of relaxed atmosphere because chronos are never accurate. So I don't like, yeah, I don't like organizers who are completely anal. And that's why I love Phoenix because they're <laughs> relaxed. The field suits my style of play. The player base is, um, it's got a great community. And for me, that ticks all the boxes me just as much as any other field in the world
0: I think the main thing I fixed upon you there is as much as obviously the rules it's the it's the it uh, being immersed in the situation isn't it so uh, we've always said that you know airsoft has the opportunity to be the ultimate escapism um and as a yep. as a field owner if you're running events uh, I know it can sometimes be a bit stale if you're running you know midweek games every Saturday every Sunday, but most fields will run bi-weekly Sunday games and things like that. So you have a great opportunity to really sort of set the scene um, and kind of actually invest in that game day to, as soon as everybody arrives on site to actually be able to actually create that ultimate escape for people and, and actually yeah. put a little bit back into it really. And, you know, that's the biggest thing for me that you see when you go on site. So sometimes you turn off and it's the same thing, Week in, week out, and there's just nothing been done to to really put back into that, uh, especially the ones that get considerable numbers. I understand if a site is struggling for numbers yeah. and the money isn't there and there's, there's, you know, there's other issues at hand, but if you're getting serious numbers each week, um, mm. so you know there's the turnover to be able to reinvest back into it, that really that's your responsibility as a It's effectively event management, isn't it? You've got to be able to put that back. Um, Yeah, you you talk about numbers, right?
1: In my, in my, I've I've played, my first Airsoft game I ever played was was 2010, and I started playing weekly, 2012, 2013 weekly, and I got into it very seriously then. Um, But my best memories of playing Airsoft are probably small number games. Um, Back in 2014, 2015, uh, there was an organization in the uk called firefight combat simulations and there was a, a field in Chil- well, Field, it was an abandoned college in chelmsford urban area there was <laughs> um there was an abandoned victorian um hotel actually in england they only played one game there uh, we did stuff at longmore the military uh, british military training facility but when we played there sometimes there was only like 20 a side or 15 a side and they were some of the best games I had ever playing airsoft because the players were very high school level. They're very enthusiastic, and they were um, very serious about um, playing the game to, to to beat each other. And I, I, they're my best experiences, and that comes from the enthusiasm of the players, the and and the way the games are run from from the top down, coupled with amazing fields that were kind of semi-urban, overgrown, semi-urban fields. And we're, we're missing that in the UK. And that's that's probably the primary reason why I travel, because I, I like playing in these kind of haunted, um, abandoned buildings which are overgrown, which I find very evocative. And that's what we're missing in the UK, I think.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree with that one. Um, in terms of, um, you know, you, you say you play Phoenix as your, your home site. What other sites in the UK that and um, do you enjoy playing at or do you endorse what which ones are you willing to sort of go out of your way for currently i know obviously since 2010 2012 the landscape of sites and stuff has changed quite heftily so
1: where, yeah, where are you I kind definitely. of uh, championing a minute i think in the uk we've had some amazing sites and a lot of them are closed because we've got obviously cuz of our planning laws limited la- limited land that's available for planning like we used to have an amazing field in Kent called the Sandpit which wasn't just one of the best fields in the UK it was one of the best fields ever in the world ever in airsoft it was just the most incredible place um and we we didn't realize how lucky we were to have that uh, now that it's gone i think most people who who played there a lot now kind of realize how how good it was but in terms <laughs> of fields that are running running now i think the most important thing for me is that the way places the way places are run is, is got that's the first box has got to be ticked for me. So for, um, I think Reforger is somewhere else I would recommend. I think the more, um is, uh, is is run with with the right attitude, but um, I also think probably the 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 site I rate up there with Phoenix is No Man's Land. Uh, up in um, near Barnsley and the way that place is run is no nonsense Um, it's got a very strong player base a very enthusiastic uh, Marshall team who are also players and there's just an energy whenever you go there there's a there's a um, just just a real energy about the place and Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy No Man's Land and the games, there's always loads of action, and it's a tough place to, to play as well, it's physically difficult to play, it's lots of trenches and, and uneven ground, and I like coming away, and on the, the Monday when you wake up in the morning, I like feeling aches and pains, and I certainly get that from no man's land, and I come away feeling very satisfied, and it's definitely worth the trip up there.
0: Yeah, we we, uh, we went there in May last year, uh, and met with Nicola and the team there, and yeah, I can't, I can't agree with you any, any more than that, and again, uh, it's definitely the
1: radar for us to to get back up there and spend it's some time. It's very unique team. place, isn't it? That that trench mm. network they've got is very unique. It's not the biggest site in the world. Um, but it is it is good for sniping. It's it is good in places for sneaking about. But the trench network is there aren't many places um I've seen like that. It's it's very unique. So yeah, that's yeah, very cool, clearly but... put a
0: lot of time and effort into that, haven't they? In terms of and even just little things like um I think it's actually um, clearly maintained well. You go to some places that are, are just far too overgrown and it's difficult to actually get around the site, whereas that one, they do allow it to grow, but they actually maintain the paths and uh, that trench work network really takes some looking after yeah. um, to make, make sure it's playable. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. fair play to I do um, think
1: we do have some very... I do, like, going back, like, there's one... There's, there's one field in the UK that I think is actually really good, but very poorly run. And it's an example. Like, I'm it. let's do it. Okay. So there's a place in Humber, which is like an old abandoned quarry. Amazing field, like incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the biggest place. It's like a mini, like the sandpit I talked about in Kent. Um, but it's, it's run by absolute plebs. And so the place is amazing, but it's run by the worst management you could possibly imagine. Completely woke, ridiculous rules. Um, and they banned me for break, breaking COVID rules. Um, but, but, and whenever they run games there, the games are awful. It's always, they've got this amazing field, but they run these goldfish bowl games where they tell one team, you've got to be within these, all these trees have got orange bands on, you're not allowed outside those orange bands, like a goldfish bowl. And everyone else has just got to go and shoot them. And when they're dead, they leave and they swap over. Then they go and do it around this fob area, which is absolutely amazing. It's stunning. But they say, oh, you're not allowed off the top plateau and the other team got to attack. And they swap it over. And then that's the end of the day. And it's just the most boring games at the most amazing site. And that goes back to what I said earlier. You know, it doesn't matter how good a field is. if You've got those three elements, player base, management, and field. And Humber, if it had good management, would be one of the most amazing fields in the world. But it's not. It's got awful management, and it's got a bunch of whinging players, and it ruins the field. So that's an example of a great field yeah. ruined by the other two things.
0: Yeah, we 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 kind of asked the question a few months ago, actually. What um, what sites in the UK have got such amazing physical advantages, but aren't making the most of them? Whether that be down to the site owners, or that be just everything that's a, a benefit to them. Um, and again, you just you can see from the the undertone that you get from those messages that um, some people don't understand the fact that. Well, I personally feel that the opportunity lies within the person and not the actual job itself. So if the person or the site owner isn't making the most of that opportunity, then maybe they'll need to bring in some help or actually just be open to player feedback. But, you know, that comes down to the, the individual opportunity rather than just accepting the way it is, really. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll openly say it and I'll get slated for it. Anzio is the exact same opportunity for that an old American a base. great field. Amazing um, field. Amazing field. Got, it has an amazing opportunity, um, mm-hmm. but it's obviously held back. I did notice uh, a few weeks ago that um, the so-called yeah. FPS rules and limits and stuff had been put down because they were going to change them for veteran games, but changes the narrative that's always been put out that the FPS rules were there for player safety, not player comfort, which completely changes that narrative. Yeah. Um, mm. It's the boat, yeah, first it? and
1: only you run that, like, if we want to, we want to go, let's, let's go down this route, okay. So first <laughs> and only have got this field called Anzio, which for those of people who haven't been there, it's, um, it's one of the few kind of semi-urban, semi, it's an overgrown urban, I think it's an ex-military base, um, and it's yeah, great it's to see you, but you can also, you can also stalk and sneak about, and it's, it's a great place, but the management there, um, I, I call them woke, because if you if you moan them, if you if the player if you're a bunch of players there and you moan enough to them about something they will change the rules to appease your moaning um for example headshots people moan about headshots or they moan about me going there so much that they banned headshots and they made their number one rule on their waiver no headshots um and that obviously leads i did a video about that without going too much into it that that leads on to a number that leads on to issues mm-hmm. that when you ban headshots it doesn't stop people moaning about headshots. It increases the number of people moaning about headshots because they rightly say, headshots are banned. Why are you shoot me in the head? This is terrible. I'm complaining. Whereas the rule, no headshots, is brought in because people were complaining about headshots in the first place. So that's the kind of rule set that first and only bring in um and it's, it's such a shame because it's a great field and the, i think the only reason people go there is because of the field um, if the field is so good i don't think people would go there um, so it's not a place that i would I, I i said a couple of years ago that i would never go back when i went there and they said they would um, they put another one rule there's no no headshots under any any circumstances and in the wake of me saying i would never go there again they banned me so it's kind of like I quit. No, you don't. You're quitting. You're fired. Kind of thing, um, yeah. going on. Yeah, it was, yeah, I've had, it was a
0: funny, uh, funny, we, funny, one. Yeah, we've we had that. Um, we we said that we would never go back, but some of the younger lads uh, really want to go and experience it. And yeah, we, we they would because it's a great field. Yeah, yeah. We don't want We don't want to hold them back. So um, I think March the second will be time to go back. I can't make it, unfortunately, but um, some of the senior lads are taking the younger lads over to Tavolukan and see what it's like and. And go from there, but you know, as as is. But yeah. I've, I've just said I've just said we'd never go back now, so I'll probably end up banned myself. So it no maybe, more.
1: yeah, he <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not special to get banned from that. That's the field with probably the most players banned from any field in the world. Is from that field because if you say anything against the all set, they'll they'll ban you. Um, yeah. they, 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 they do they think if so. you're a YouTuber, you, bans you exactly. Yeah, if if you're a YouTuber, they make you play with lower power there as well. Like Nico mm-hmm. Nico's made to play. I think he's made to play fifty FPS less than everybody else.
0: Okay. No, no. comment. we will get myself into trouble on that one. It's that's just absolutely bonkers. Um but but never mind. Um you have to say t- anything, but I, I can. Yeah. <laughs> um we touched on um, um at the start of the podcast obviously the impact that I know you've left on um at least one young lad that plays for us. Um and with obviously TikTok Instagram, there's a lot of young guys on airsoft at the moment. And if you had, you know, two tips for any young person looking to enter the world of airsoft, what what would they be? What if you're just getting started and playing? Yeah, just getting started. So you know, the, the mates have started. They, I, I said this last week on the podcast. I voted you as the most influence or influential um, airsoft. They're not based just based on numbers, just because. Mm. I say here in the office at work, I play airsoft. Anybody comes in, the first thing they do, they go on the phone and they type in airsoft and you're the first name that pops up. So you're obviously the first talking point. We've just had a big rebuild done here uh, where at one point we had 50, 60 uh, contractors on site. If somebody found my airsoft guns in the lockup out the back here. Everybody's talking about you. And everybody. we've actually taken some of them on a day because they wanted to go and see what it was all about. That all comes down to the fact that they've obviously Googled and seen your videos and things like that. So if the young kids are finding videos of you um, and are just starting out, what top tips would, okay. would you have with them to set them off on the right foot?
1: I think like the first thing, it, first thing most people ask is what gun to buy. Like that's one of the first things they, they say. And one of the tips that you will often read in forums is to buy um, well, first of all, often people say, just go and rent, find out what guns you like until you get your new car and you can buy something. And then often the advice will be to buy, um, like, um, I don't know, a, a, a slightly cheaper gun to, to, to learn or to find out whether it's for you. My advice actually is to save up a little bit of money and to, to pay a little bit more. And I, 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 if I was starting Airsoft for the first time, I would personally buy a Marui Recoil NGRS MP5 um, if I was just starting out, and I've never played airsoft before. And I would recommend it. Now I know they're probably two or three hundred pounds more than a cheaper AEG. You can pick them up, I think, for about five hundred or five twenty-five in a sale. I think I think um, one of the um, shops, Defcon, I think, have got a sale on an MP5. It's about five twenty-five, five thirty, I think. Now I know that's a couple hundred pound more than a I guess, a cheaper AEG, but you're going to get something that's not going to break. Like the old adage, buy cheap, buy twice. You'll buy something that's cheap that doesn't work quite so well or um, it's going to need to be repaired and you'll repair it over and over again. And and six months or a year down the line, you've spent so much money repairing it two or three times with the tech that you may as well have bought a Tokyo Marui in the first place. Now, it might have a slightly lower FPS, but it's going to be accurate and it's going to shoot just as far. Um, And that, I know this is gonna go against what a lot of popular or um I guess airsoft law is. Airsoft law is like buy a cheap gun until you know what you're doing, then buy more expensive ones. My advice is buy a Marui AG recoil um to start with. Um and it, but if your heart is set on sniping, so that's another and this is the thing, that's the whole thing about sniping. A lot of people say that sniping is difficult um and it's not what it looks like in videos and that that is true like when i edit my videos i probably edit edit out now i probably edit out probably half of my shots because i probably have i because they're not fun to watch so i would say if i miss probably 50 percent of my shots i hit 50 percent or something like that um some games i might only take 100 bbs into a game and i might come away with 20 or 30 kills uh, that's the kind of kill ratio to shots I have. Um, so it's if you're, it's not as hard as some people make out, but it's not easy. Um, but what's different now to say five or six, seven years ago is you can actually go and buy a sniper rifle that performs really well out of the box. So if your heart is set on sniping, it can be done, and I would say go for something like a probably get a modified style Scout because the QC is good on them, it's going to work. But don't expect it to be like you're watching one of my videos. It's not going to be easy. It does take some patience, and you're not going to have a huge advantage over somebody who's, for example, got a Tokyo Marui AEG that can have a high-cap mag that holds two or 300 BBs and can hose you down by the time you fired one shot and reloaded. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my, my view on it.
0: Okay, so that's one. So, what's your second tip? So, you you discussed guns. What what's your second yeah. one?
1: Um, find your, just find your local field and play. Right. So, the big the thing about airsoft is off. It's, it's learning the, the, the how your BBs fly at your gun and learning like when I when when you see somebody in the field, if you're an experienced player and you see uh, an enemy player. And you, you know, you can often see what gun they've got and you can, you can gauge how far they can shoot and you know exactly how far you can shoot. One of the things I often see when I'm playing is new players who are stood there firing a load of shots at people, like full autoing at people and they're screaming, take, take your hit. And from where I'm standing, from a slightly different angle, I can see their BBs are falling 10, 15 mm-hmm. metres short. So time. learn your gun, learn how to shoot. And just because you think your BBs are getting there, they may not be getting there. Because when you're looking down the gun and your BBs are flying, it's not the same as looking to the side of it and you can see the BBs dropping. So you've got to learn your guns and, and learn how the BBs fly. So it's, it's, it's practice like anything in this world. Like just, just practice. Go to your local site and play every week. I play every week. And if I have a couple of weeks off and I go back, I sometimes feel like a bit rusty, you know
0: yeah yep two absolute bits of uh golden nuggets there um throughout the week on the on the build up to the podcast i've kind of planted a few uh seeds in terms of videos and comments to see kind of what the reaction was and uh, i put out there a question that uh seems to have stirred up quite a bit of a, a furore i actually didn't think it would to be fair um but um as always the airsoft community never lets you down um would you say that airsoft is a sport is the question that I asked?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, Actually, one, one, before I answer that, one more, one more tip as well. A lot of young players, uh, a lot of people say in comments in my videos, that I want to play airsoft but I've got no one to go with. Don't worry about if, you, if you're if you just getting into airsoft and you fancy doing it and your mates don't fancy it because they've been down the pub on a Friday night or they want to go to a party instead. Just go by yourself. Everyone's really friendly. Just go down, get involved and just, just play the game on your own. Um, and then, in a couple of weeks' time, when you might see you, you know how much fun you've got, or they've seen your guns, um, they're going to want to come and join you, and they mm. see how much fun you've had and how cool it is. That's one thing. Don't be afraid to go down by yourself because the community is is very friendly. So yeah, don't just, worry. about that sure sure And to answer your question, is airsoft a sport? Yeah, it is. I don't see why it's not. I don't see why it's not. Like um, you, you, you could call it a hobby. You could call it. Um, you could call it a sport. But for me, it's just, you know you could call it larping, uh, you could call it. A lot of people use it for training. You know, a lot of people, my American friends, use it for force on force training, and it could it's it, it's it's so many things for so many different people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, think... I'm going to an event. I'm going to an event in France in in August, um, and there's there's a larping element there. So within the fortress, there's People who aren't really into airsoft, they're into LARPing. So they, they've got, they're running a market, there's a town, there's there's an economy going on. And so airsoft could be LARPing, it could be role-playing, it could be training, it could be a hobby. It could be just some, a lot of people um don't play that much, but they just love teching guns and they collect guns. It could be a, you know, a, um in that way, so it's a hobby. It could be something it's all things to all people. So without a doubt, it can be a sport. It can be so many other things as well. Just because it's a sport, it doesn't mean it can't be other things.
0: I couldn't have put that back yourself. And that was the, the angle that we were going for, that airsoft is whatever you want it to be. Um, yeah. Yes, it's a sport. Yes, it's a hobby. Yes, it's a game. Yes, it's a passion. Um it can and be It's a what job you want it to be. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. It's, 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 a... it's the most amazing, it's the most amazing, like for me, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life because it's not just loving playing the game in a competitive... It's not just the purity of the sport. It's not just pitting your wits, physical capabilities and skills against other people. It's also the the the, the crafting that goes into the ghillie suits. It's also the teching. It's also learning about how this stuff works. It's also the LARPing side of it. Uh, there's also... Uh, the community aspect of it. There's there's also the editing part of it. There's also being able to turn what you're being able to turn what you're doing into a creative piece of content. I love making videos as much as I enjoy the sport of airsoft. I see airsoft as a sport. I see it as a hobby. I see it as a a, a job. I see it as a passion. I see it as a creative outlet. I see it as as my life. It's yeah. everything.
0: Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have put it better myself uh, on that point. So uh, thank you for that one. Um, in terms of uh, another thing that we, we planted out this week, in terms of um are out there is um, when you're actually playing the game, um, and obviously you're getting um, you're putting your videos out there, uh, and people that are trolling and things like that. I got asked to make sure that I covered something regarding sort of mental health, and this week was probably the first week because we put some content out and. We kind of shared, obviously, um, what our thoughts on you were, and um, what your sort of uh, thoughts are in terms of mental health around uh, airsoft, in terms of a, the positive relief that comes from it, but also kind of how the community can help each other um, within through social channels on game days uh, and different things, things like that. Really, what what's your your overall thoughts on how airsoft can a help, but then also what responsibilities does the community have in terms of maintaining uh, mental mm. health? I
1: mean, this is this is another. This is, a, 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 I guess, another going back to: is it a sport? Is it a hobby? Is it a profession? Is it a creative thing? Is it a larp? It's also a, a physical um, exercise, and I was listening to. Um, i think i can't remember what radio show i was driving i think it might have been when i was driving to phoenix this weekend and there was a a radio show i was listening to talking about mental health and about how uh recent research shows that um physical exercise is more effective than antidepressants at getting people through it and um i think someone like tyson fury the boxer heavyweight champion would would agree he he talks about you know physical without boxing he would be you know he would He would collapse into um, depression again. So for a lot of people, it's it's an outlet like that. Like I, that's that's the that's the other. Like if I don't airsoft on a Sunday, I feel crap for the rest of the week for a number of reasons. Like I I haven't had the physical exercise. Like I do yoga. I do sort of three four times a week as well. I do yoga 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 classes before I did the podcast. I I just got back from a a, a yoga class. Um, But if I don't do airsoft on a Sunday. Like for the rest of the week I feel like I haven't got had my cardio. Um mm-hmm. and I, I certainly feel it. So yeah, it's definitely an outlet. Like this is what we I think before we went live we talked about airsoft being the ultimate hobby. It's got everything. It ticks all those boxes. And um yeah I, I think any any kind of exercise if you've got to if if personally I don't find Going to the gym, exciting. I don't find running particularly exciting. Like I, I, I will do if I know I've got a big milson coming up. I will go running and I will build up my cardio for it a little bit. Um, but I don't find it particularly exciting. But airsoft, like I love running around in the airsoft field and crawling. I love going like this Sunday when I was playing at Phoenix. The energy of the field was so good. And today I had a few aches and you know when I wake up in the morning after that Sunday game um on so monday when i woke up on monday <laughs> after the game on sunday um and you got those aches from crawling and you got a few muscles which are sore like that's the best feeling like you know you've had a good game day then so cool yeah for sure i i don't see why it shouldn't be used or seen as a a way to get people exercising because exercise is a great way to, to to deal with with uh mental ups and downs i guess yeah
0: okay cool perfect Okay, final final bit. Um, in terms of um moving forward for um you in 2024, we're, we're now end of February. What uh, what have we got to look forward to in the world of Kicking Mustangs in 2024? What's what sneak preview? What exclusive can you give me about what we're going to see? Whether it's from um, from your ghillie suit or gameplay,
1: different things like that? what
0: what's new on the horizon? I've
1: got an interesting ghillie suit project on the go but i can't re- i can't reveal what it is it's too it's too it's too good to reveal and I, I, oh. I, I can't reveal it but i will reveal it. i'm gonna i want to reveal it. i can't i can't i can't it's too good um, <laughs> okay well, but it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a very very cool thing with the ghillie suits the kmcs system is 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 progressing um like i've just shown a prototype this week of the, the snow ghillie I saw that. Uh, yeah, that's good. Perfecting the important thing with the is you've got to have the. It's it's got to reflect the light in the right way. Snow is a very difficult thing to replicate. Like you can just get white sheets, but they don't reflect the snow in the right way. So I've been working really hard on getting the reflective qualities of the uh, material just just spot on to be to be like snow. And I think the pictures I posted today or this week showed. Yeah, that's that's going to be cool, but that's not going to be released till this 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 winter. Um, in terms of uh, gameplay, I guess. I'm, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who sets goals. I just, if I love doing something, I'll do, I sort of say, fuck it, I'll do it. Um, I, I everything I do is driven by passion and love for doing it. So, to, um, in terms of my, my channel, I guess the only thing I've got planned this year, I've, I'm going to Mexico in May for a mill There's an abandoned town. I think it's an old mining town in Southern Mexico, in the middle of the desert. Uh, and there's a Milsim taking place there, uh, and it looks amazing, so I'm going to go and play that in May, in July, no, in August. So I'm going back to the Bear's Head. My, my uh, friend Sasha, uh, he runs an event there um, every year, uh, and that's got a big larping element, which is taking place in the fortress, and it's pl- it's played over two days, and then on the on the fr- and that starts kicks off on the Friday, and then it goes throughout the Saturday and the Sunday There's a normal skirmish day at the Bear's Head. Um, and then in July there is the Glorious Bastards event at the Chambers in Belgium. So apart from that, I think next month I'm pretty clear and May, no June I'm pretty clear, um, but that's all I've got planned so far. Okay, cool.
0: Well, I know I definitely uh, following that and um, then that pretty much wraps up uh, episode two. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I know I'll definitely be
1: keeping in My touch
0: uh, because i uh, will Quite of but I'm quite looking forward to running with you. And uh, I was good to miss Sunday, so. I'm sorry I missed you on Sunday, mate.
1: No, I'm sorry I missed
0: you on Sunday. As likewise, uh, but we are planning to go to No Mans Land, so I'll, I'll drop you a message and uh, when we get there, going to see if weekend.
1: we can line it up. Uh, you going? where well, so this weekend. Yeah, I might be going this weekend, and we should. I should try and drag you guys down to an event, maybe in Belgium. Belgium's a good one to go to. Like, if anyone's looking to travel, if anyone wants to talk of advice and they're serious about travelling, they should they should hit me up because there are some very cool fields in in um, Europe, and it's not it's not so difficult to go there. Like, you can jump on the Channel Tunnel, and you can get cheap Airbnbs, and it's it's a good weekend away. You know, you can you can head off like early on a Friday morning, and you can be back. You, you know, even if you stay somewhere on a on a Sunday, you, you know, or you, you get the ferry. Like, you can get a ferry from the Hook of Holland back to Harwich in East Anglia. And you can be mm-hmm. back in the uk on a, a 6 a.m on a monday morning if you want to do that so yeah if you fancy uh, join have... me on a
0: funny funny you europe. say that we were on about that uh literally two weeks ago in the in the group chat we'd love to go uh over to europe and do something so uh i'll definitely keep in touch with you on mm-hmm. that and uh so we can try and sort it out we do love a road yeah, trip you, you anyone uh, like,
1: any, anyone playing airsoft like if you see if people see me going to these places and they think oh that's 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 crazy you're really lucky to do that i'm not it's not so much, it's not luck. I just go, fuck it, do it. And hmm. having done it, I'm telling you, it's not that hard. And going to these cool places, it, if you love airsoft and you want to play in cool places, just just get on the ferry, head over to Europe, go to the Bears Head. You know, there's a new place in Belgium as well. There's this abandoned train station in, in Belgium that they're playing cool games in. Uh, they're the kind of places we're lacking in the UK, and it's not that hard to go and do. So yeah, anyone, if you're passionate about airsoft and you're passionate about playing in cool places and seeing how people play across Europe, just get involved. You know, it's not just just takes an extra day or two so traveling. It's not a huge expense.
0: Okay, well, I'll definitely hold you to that. So, uh, right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for episode two. We'll be back next week with more amazing guests uh, for episode three. Please, as usual. Hit the subscribe button, hit that notification button, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks.